Hello everyone and welcome to the Moonlit Path podcast, a podcast of stitches, stories and soul, where we talk about all the ways in which stories and creativity help the human soul heal and thrive. My name is Laure Porcher and I will be your host and guide. Hello everyone. Today I'm recording as it's dark out and my house is a festival of Christmas light. This week Stephen Sondheim died and he was very important in my life. And so today I want to talk about theater. And some of you might know that I used to be an actress and a singer and a dancer and that I studied musical theater, and that before I was a therapist, I was a performer. But more than a performer, I was always an audience member, probably a better audience member than I was ever a performer. And today I want to talk about how important theater and the stories it tells are. If we're talking about stories... Theater is just another way to tell stories, right? So what makes it different from reading a story in a book or seeing a story in a movie or being told a story by someone? For me, theater really is, or at least has the capacity, the potential to be healing, to be therapy, as every type of storytelling has. but. I feel that theater as a means of conveying story is really very special. And it's special both for the audience and also for the people who are creating it. The actors, I'm thinking obviously more of the actors because they're the ones who are actually telling the story to people. And also because I was an actress, (laughs) it's the role that I know. But I feel like stories in general act as mirrors, mirrors that we really need to see ourselves, to see our blind spots, to conceive of different futures, different options for our lives. And I feel that theater is a very special mirror. Any story, whatever they are, whether they're a movie, a book, a dream, uh, a tale, there's a good chance that some of the characters in that story are going to be representing in a way or acting as mirror for parts of you, parts of us. And that part of what is healing about story is that you can then observe parts of yourself outside of yourself. And in this way, theater is very similar to Constellation. We were talking about constellation last month. And constellation is a modality where people will represent part of your family system or parts of yourself or parts of a situation that you can then watch from the outside of that system. And I feel what theater does in a wider extent than constellation, because the audiences are bigger, is that here you are with a lot of other humans in the best uh, times, maybe not this time, but like in the best of times, 
here you are in community and you are watching physical bodies with their own nervous systems represent parts of yourself out there on the stage and you can react to that with all the other humans that are with you. And that's invaluable because there's an aspect of presence in theater that is not exactly the same as when you go to the movie theater to watch a movie. Sure, you're with other people, you're in community, and you're sharing an experience, which is great. And you're watching a story on the screen, which is being a mirror for yourself as well, which is great. But it's on the screen. The people are not actually there with you in the room. And that's a completely different kind of experience, I feel. There's something about theater and having actual humans be there and tell you the story and embody characters who, you know, will always represent parts of who we are because we have within ourselves all of human experience available. And, you know, maybe some characters will resonate more than others, but most every character in every story can be a part of yourself, no matter how small. And so in theater, you're sitting here and you have actual human beings that you could potentially technically touch. Like if you were to go up on that stage, you could actually touch them. They're physical. They're present with you. Represent parts of you that you know about, that you don't know about, that you don't want to see, that you like, that you don't like. And of course, you're not aware of all this as you're watching. Ideally, you're not aware of all this, but it's still what's happening because in every story, that's what's happening. And so you have an actual physical mirror of another person there being that part for you. And another really interesting aspect of theater I find is that there's a very special chemistry that happens between a role and an actor and you as an audience member. What's interesting in theater is that the same role can be played by multiple actors. It's also the case in movies, but it's not as often, obviously. And it's usually sometimes or often when there's a remake, they remake everything. The dialogues are remade and the setting are remade. I'm thinking, for instance, of A A Star is Born. There's like four versions of that movie. And all of them are in very different settings, very different dialogues, very different time periods. So it's not exactly the same as having the same text, which is like the same core original character played by many different humans. And what's interesting is, and you see it all the time when you're a theater goer and you have a community of of theater goers around you, and you start discussing so-and-so's performance and so-and-so performance of the same role, not everybody has the same favorite actor or favorite performance. I've been to performances where the people with me were so moved by the performance of one of the actors, and I wasn't. And then the opposite is also true. And I find that's also very interesting because there's this aspect of timeliness and of something that is an ephemeral quality to theater by nature, obviously, because, you know, once the play is over, 
in most cases it hasn't been recorded. I'm not talking about like the whole play. I know in America, most plays are recorded, most performances, at least Broadway ones, for the Lincoln Center. But in the rest of the world, it's rare that you would record a run of a certain play. But I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about like the night of when you go to that play. It's never going to be exactly the same the next night and the next night and the next night. So there's that ephemeral quality to it. And there's also the ephemeral quality of that role is only going to be played by that actor at that time, that run. And then if the play gets revived, it will be probably another actress or another actor. And so there's this notion also of you have to catch it. You have to be there physically in the place at the moment where the actor is playing that role for you to get the full healing of it in a way. There's a notion of randomness. It's not random, obviously, you know, because some people like I, I can fly halfway around the world to see an actress that I like perform on stage. So it's not completely random, obviously. But there's still that notion of randomness. And I've had that happen many times where I went to see a play and, you know, I, I went to see the play. But then the performance by the humans that were playing that play at that time was really what I needed. Like I, I needed that synergy or that specific person to embody what they were embodying, you know, because I believe that the same role embodied by different people will not lend the same. It will not move you the same. It will not show you the same thing about what that person is embodying. And so I really like that idea that theater is kind of like a divine timing healing. It's like a divine timing healing session in a way where everything has to be right. Like you have to be there. You have to be able to be there in person. And it has to be the right play. It has to be the right actor for that specific character for it to really land in you in a way that will make a shift. And I really like that idea because I, I really like the idea that that healing can be I, I don't want to say random because I don't really believe in random, but that you really can't control it in a way. And theater for that is really the ultimate unexpected mirror where if you're in the right time at the right place with the right person, then it can completely shift your life. And that happened to me several times. Probably the first time was when I was taken to see Oliver in London was my first musical, my first um, actual real musical, because we didn't have musicals in France until very recently. And it just so happened that Jonathan Price was playing Fagin. And I was must have been like 12. And I knew Jonathan Price because I had seen Brazil, which is my father's favorite movie. But I remember that show. I remember Jonathan Price, but I remember the person who played Nancy very well. She embodied something that was really a good mirror for me at the time. There was something that landed there. Aside from the amazing musical, amazing craft. But there was something in that character that was like, ah, my God, there's something happening. 
I can see myself in this somehow. And that happened many times that I went to see a play and it wasn't necessarily like the main actor or actress or the main character that really landed for me or that really shifted things for me. Very often it was a side character or secondary character or a character actor that really moved me or really made me see something or really healed me, you know, gave me back a part of myself because that's also what theater does. It gives people back parts of themselves by being mirrors and what's really interesting about theater as an audience is that yes there's that notion that you have to be there physically you have to go there with other humans it's a meeting of sort and story is only ever every story can be healing but i find that the notion of bond of connection is really important between the audience of the story and whoever is transmitting or sharing or performing it and the theater for that is the ultimate ultimate place because you go there physically to see a story and the actors come also physically to play the story it's an encounter a meeting point there's a connection, even if you never get to meet the people who are on stage. But these are actual humans who are there with you, and they witness you witnessing them. And that's a very, very powerful experience and tool. And not only that, but you're all experiencing this together in the sense that here is a real human being embodying a character and let's say that that character is a part of you that you don't like, like represents something in you that you find really unacceptable or unlikable. And I will tell a story in the next episode about something like that that happened for me. But let's say that character really resonates with something you really don't like about yourself. But here is another human being who first has accepted the job of embodying that character. And that already makes it more acceptable. Because if it was truly unacceptable, if that character or that part of you did not have a right to exist in the human experience, in the human world, then nobody would accept the role. You know, people wouldn't want to play that person. And so just that, just witnessing that, like, okay, another human beings have taken on this character and of course, none of this is conscious. It doesn't happen consciously. You're not thinking those things when you go to the theater. But it happens in your subconscious and in your body. And let's say that you have a part of you that you really don't like or that you really feel that you should hide. And then suddenly here's another human being on stage embodying that part of you or a character that's really close to that part of you, that resonates with that part of you. And just from that, you're not alone anymore. You know, just from that, it becomes more acceptable because another human being took on the job of embodying that. And that was worthwhile. You know, it was worthwhile to have this character embodied by another human being and on a stage so that you can witness it. So just that already is healing. And then you're living that experience with a ton of other people who have come to see that character or these characters who have paid money for it 
So there's this common experience that happens where suddenly it's really hard for shame to exist in community and in feeling like you belong. And so parts of you that you're ashamed of or that you want to hide, the moment that you go to the theater and then somebody is there that embodies those parts and other people is there to witness it and everybody's in agreement that this is a good experience, this is a pleasant experience, everybody's happy to go to the theater. People don't go to the theater if they don't want to go to the theater, you know. If you don't like the theater, usually you don't pay money to go and sit and watch a play. So just that brings validation to those parts of you that may be hidden or that you may be ashamed of or whatever. And I know that many, many people have that experience and they don't necessarily put it into words. But that's why so many people who feel like they don't belong where they are flock to the theater. They want to be actors. They want to be part of that world. Because that's the world where everything is acceptable. Everything is okay. Because every single aspect of humanity, probably, has been portrayed in a play somewhere, someday, by someone. So nothing is unacceptable. There's nothing that will not make its way into it. And I know that cinema, obviously cinema, is there's something that's close to that. But I feel that it's still very different to see people do that on the screen and to have real-life people with real-life nervous systems and real-life bodies be there with you. There's something that's really tangible about that. And there's something that the body understands that doesn't quite happen in the movie theater. It's not the same. Not the same experience. It's beautiful and it has a lot of similarities. But there's something about that that doesn't quite translate. Probably what brought me to theater in the first place was that I felt like I didn't belong anywhere and I was different and I was all that. And then I saw people on stage that embodied that and I thought, oh, there's a place where I can be those parts of me and it can be worthwhile. Also, what is really interesting with theater is that it's like constellation in the sense that constellation is equally valuable for the people who are representing and for the people who are watching. And I find that true with theater as well. Like it's equally valuable for the actors that are embodying those parts than for the audience. As an actor, you can work through yourself by taking on, you know, characters that either are challenges or things that you would deem unacceptable in yourself or things like that. You can actually work through a number of things by being an actor, by embodying archetypes in a way, by embodying characters and aspects and using the frame of the story to kind of pour your own self into that and be witnessed and witness the people who are witnessing you. So it's a two-way healing in a way. And of course, you don't end up on the stage at random. And so very often, if you are on this stage and you are telling that story in that way, you need to be witnessed. There's something in you that really needs that exchange of, I see you, I see you, and I value what you're doing. And I value immensely what actors do, not just because I've dabbled in it, but also because I really see it as something sacred or that can be sacred in the sense that if they really give themselves to the parts that they are playing without judging them, 
Because that's the thing. If you're an actor and you're playing a villain, or you're playing a character that's not very savory, or even a character that's savory, you can't judge them. You can't not like them. Because otherwise it's going to show. You have to be fully that part. And to be fully that part, you have to find a place of, I'm not going to say compassion, but equanimity and understanding with that person that you're playing. And so I find that sacred. I find that's really healing work because it's basically sitting with all of humanity. I mean, in the best of cases, obviously, you know, many actors don't get to play parts that are really juicy or that bring them into that territory. But potentially as an actor or as an actress, that means you're going to have to sit with all of humanity, all aspects of humanity, in non-judgment, and even go further than that, you're going to have to embody those parts, not just sit with them. As a therapist, I sit with people, and I can sit with pretty much whoever. That's part of the training as a therapist, is to be able to sit with everybody and have equanimity about them and not be judging. But I don't have to embody them. I don't have to like put them in my body. I do in a certain way, but I don't really have to become them. And actors have to do that. And that requires a huge amount of love for humanity, for being human in general, and a huge amount of ability to prioritize the story over who you are and know how to value everybody's part in the story. Which to me is spiritual. That's what we're supposed to do in life. We're supposed to value everybody's part in the story. And we don't. We don't really know how to do that. And I'm not saying that actors know how to do that outside of their job necessarily. Probably not. But at least for a big part of their life, they have to do that in their profession. I find that sacred. I find that spiritual. And I find that healing for the rest of humanity. And I really wanted to talk about theater in this episode because, well, for many reasons. One, because Steve Sondheim died and that just brought me to that place of huge gratitude for uh, what the theater and music brought into my life. For me, it's countless people and experiences. Pretty much everything that I am today is a direct or indirect result of having known Stephen Sondheim's music. And I know it's hard to believe, but it's true. I'm not going to go into that story, but it's real. And so I really wanted to talk about theater also because I feel that unless you're a theater goer and you're already in that, that understanding, it's really undervalued as a healing experience. You know, it's seen as entertainment. Very often theater is seen as entertainment, but it wasn't. That's not how theater was created. It was created in antiquity as a catharsis experience, which was like a kind of community healing place. And I think it remains that, and I think we forget that that's what it is. The entertainment part, of course, is wonderful. I love going to the theater and being entertained. But there's a deeper part to it that cannot be replaced 
by screens. And that cannot be replaced by remote experience. That's not an option. You have to be there with your body to witness other people being there with their bodies to tell you a story. So this podcast is about story and storytelling and how story heals. And I felt that theater was a very important subject and a very important reminder to have, especially in those times where, you know, we've now we have the habit of not going out. It's harder to go out. (laughs) We all subscribe to all the streaming platforms and theater requires some effort to go out. It requires money. It requires effort. But it's so, so important. And it's almost the only place where, as an adult, you can have real-life people show up to tell your story. And that experience of being told the story should not end with childhood. And I mean, children who are being told stories in childhood are lucky children, because not all children have that chance. But it should not end there. Like It should continue all your life. And in most indigenous societies, it continues all your life. It's part of the experience of being a human being. And here in our society, in our world, in our time, theater is one of the last places where you can have that experience and have that experience in community, not just alone by yourself. And so this episode about theater prefaces my next interview which is with Barbara Holland. Barbara is an actress, a producer, an acting coach, and one of her main focus is to foster community for artists and actors around the creative process. And so this episode is kind of like an opening to her episode, which will be coming up in a couple of weeks. I hope that wherever you are, you're having a good end of your year. And I wish you happy holidays, whatever those holidays are. And you will hear me again in two weeks for my interview with Barbara Hallen. Thank you for being with us. The Moonlit Path podcast was born from the Moonlit Path course. A 10-month self-exploration through creativity guided by the moon. You can find more information about the course at www.moonlitpath.space or you can go to the Moonlit Path Instagram at Moonlit Path Channel. Have a good day, have a good night, and until we meet again, may the moon smile upon you.